Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm one of three pieces of trash. And I am Flash Honk. Welcome to episode 240, In Your House 13, Final Four. It's closest to a tagline we're going to get. Yep. And also you guys aren't trash. I just wanted to quote (laughs) Steve Austin. So this is the 13th In Your House, produced by WWF. It would take place on February 16th, 1997, from the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee, with an attendance of 6,399 people. Not bad. For a little in-your-house Chattanooga show. This is an in-your-house-sized event, like, event space, I feel like. Yeah. trying to remember. I'm sure the crowd looked great. They typically uh, do at WWF shows. I feel like that sometimes WCW doesn't do the best job at like maybe moving people up into seats or whatever. But they also WWF also doesn't have a big of a trouble selling the seats sometimes. At this time, they may have just because of I mean they the did state of wrestling and you know how how the the map was shifting. But they, they did paper sixty thousand people into. Uh, on the last San Antonio show. Yeah. recently, yep. very, very recently, so, you know, but yeah, six grand, from what I remember, it looks good. I did love that the poster of this show basically just uses, like, the Home Alone logo. Yes. <laughs> but we are in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Damn right we are. So, Shane, did you do what you do? I kind of did. Here we are, Chattanooga, in your house, 13, yeah, we're, we're on the, uh, the road to WrestleMania 13. It took them one year of In Your Houses to do what t- took them 13 years of WrestleManias to hit that magic number 13. But yeah, we are in Chattanooga, in Tennessee. Been in Tennessee fairly frequently here over the last couple of years. I don't remember if I have technically done this one before, but as I was doing what I do, looking up what the hell do they have in Chattanooga, I found out that Little Debbie was, oh. was created in Chattanooga. That was always something that was in my house growing up. Yeah, do the little tie-in there with the, uh, the name of the show. Oh, we always had Little course. Debbies in the house, whether they be Swiss cake rolls, oatmeal cream pies, what were those things? Star Crunch. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there was always a, some sort of a variety of Peanut snack Peanut butter cake. wafer things. No, the, the Star called? Crunch was like the Reese's Pieces, or Reese's Pieces, good lord. Uh, Rice Krispies and uh, caramel yeah. dipped in chocolate. Yeah. They Zebra are cakes. still delicious. I, I actually went on a Star Crunch Fate, of, uh, like phase over the last, like, earlier this year. Oh yeah, every now and then, that it just calls out to me. I don't want a candy bar, but I want something chocolatey and, and, and caramely and crunchy. Yeah, Swiss, the Swiss cake rolls... I always preferred them over Ho-Ho's. I don't know what it was. Ho-Ho's just didn't have the same 
There's something different about him. So the one that used to come in foil? The little the hockey puck? No. no. The no. hockey puck was Ho-Ho's. Right? No, those are ding-dongs. Ho-Ho's, Ho-Ho's were the Swiss cake roll just of the, whatever the Twinkie, oh. Oh, whoever okay. makes Twinkies, oh, that's uh, right. Hostess. Hostess. Uh. Yeah, Ho-Ho Hostess, there we go. But yeah, Swiss cake rolls were always my, my jam, and you know, that's what Little Debbie made, and apparently I served them in a way that you guys were unfamiliar with. Never refrigerated we always, them yeah, before. I always liked them cold, because that way I could slowly unroll them, you know, uh, and yeah. you know, make them last a little longer instead of just biting them in, in a couple of bites. Yeah, um, never thought to do it cold. Much better cold. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it makes it more of a, a treat. Throw them in the freezer. You can make them, you know, a little frozen treat. Yeah, now it's a, now it's an ice cream bar. Exactly. <laughs> the um, do you have a favorite, Little Debbie? Swiss cake rolls. Okay, I mean it is probably the best. The strawberry, the strawberry Swiss cake rolls. I've had those before. Are you a strawberry shortcake? Yeah. Whatever they are. The one that I came across a couple of years ago that I never had as a kid. I don't know if it's new, but the banana twins. I did not have that one, but I probably uh, I'm I'm iffy on a lot of banana flavored things. So. Okay, well then it I'd might try not be it for just you. to see. Yeah. But if it's anything that's comparable to like the banana runts flavor, then I probably won't like it. Well, as I mean, much. it's better than that because it's like <laughs> ca- it's cake with like a cream in the middle of it, but yeah. not as strong. Oatmeal cream pies were uh, were always another favorite, but they just they seem to have. I mean, I know I've gotten bigger and bigger over the years, but they've just gotten smaller and smaller to where now you <laughs> I have literally to get had these a fudge round and it was like ones. literally like a silver dollar size. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "What are these?" Yeah, so now you have to go and you know, buy the the special ones that are the size that they used to be, but now they can charge you three times as much because they've they've shrunk down. They've little Debbie has gotten littler and littler on on some of the the serving sizes, but you know, not that it's a bad thing because. Is Little Debbie regional? Because I know like there's regional snack cakes, like Drake's snack cakes. Oh, yeah, you've you got your Drake's. Oklahoma. You've got your the one with the, the like, ring ding. It's not a seagull. It's like some kind of pelican. You used to be able to get at Jersey Mike's. Um, tasty cakes. Uh, yes, tasty yes. cakes. Yeah, which I don't know. I guess those are probably like an East Coast thing. Entenmann's. Yeah. Entenmann's as well. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, yeah the Drake's. I have family from Massachusetts, and my aunt would always bring back boxes. of of Drake's stuff because she liked it and you couldn't get it here. I remember there's one that has a peanut butter element that was good. I think it was called a funny bone. I could probably be down for that one. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a chocolate Twinkie with, with chocolate coating but with peanut butter in the middle. So, you know. <laughs> Snack cake. Exactly. They're basically all created equal if uh, you're looking for something sweet. Getting, making them littler and littler, I guess, is a good thing because if any of the kids today, which I'm sure they are, were like myself back in the day, a box of any snack cake would easily be gone quickly. Sometimes within a matter of a couple hours, just because why the hell not? If I can eat this big ass piece of pie for the holidays, why can't I have four of these things? <laughs> very true. That makes the same size. Very true. You ever had a, a gonzito? It's, it's, it's the small. It's the small sandwich uh, epidemic. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. If you ever go, if you fix yourself a sandwich, it's one sandwich, and you're like, okay, cool, one sandwich. But you go to a place that has them cut into fourths. You're eating like three sandwich worth of sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to do what I typically do and just take a bite into the microphone. There's not going to be any sound effects that come from it just because it's a little Debbie, but I'm at least going to talk with my mouth full because why the fuck not? So here we go. Swiss cake roll. 
Well, something that would happen right around the same time as this show, Miss Chloe Grace Moretz would be born earlier in the week. Okay. Happy born day. I'm trying to throw together my Chloe Grace Moritz memories. She's the uh, little girl from Kick-Ass, right? Yes. That was, that was her first breakout role. Yeah. Uh, she's has she had any stuff. roles? Breakout she's, roles? She's been the new Carrie. Outside. I ain't watching the new she... Carrie. I refuse to watch a uh, Carrie. I mean, she was in Love Carrie in. movie. Oh, yeah. Never saw that either. I don't really... This is going to sound Hugo. Very, very rude. I don't like her face. <laughs> she's... I don't have the greatest face either, but I don't just want to. Some there's some people here that's like prefer not to see you. She has, I don't know. She's. I always thought she was a a cute kid. I think she's going to be one of those that as she matures more, she's going to grow into grow into her look. Not that she has really anything to. She's not a goofy looking girl at all. It's, yeah, there's some people where you're just like, I don't want to look at you. I obviously thought for some reason in my head that she had done like bigger things uh-uh. no really not. that's why when yeah. I saw that I'm she, like what do I know her from one of those people I know that's she like, had a guest spot on 30 Rock I mean she's done She was. I think that's the best <laughs> thing she ever did was 30 Rock uh, out. I mean she was the little sister that's in 500 good. Days yeah. of Summer as well which I remembered her from oh I don't remember her being in that I mean she just kind of has like these bit roles in like she was a soap opera kid wasn't she no no um, okay. she, does, she does a lot of uh, voiceover stuff for is she like the? Cartoons. Is she the less successful Dakota Fanning? Where no, that's hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good point. But you know how like people were like, "Oh, she's gonna be yeah, great think... or whatever." But she did get pushed into like larger roles for a small time, and yeah. I don't know where she is now. Whereas this yeah. girl, it's like, well, she was very biting, and you I mean, had... she just she just did the voice for Nimona, which was a Netflix animated. Thing. I do remember hearing about that. She was in the, I think that's an Amazon show, The Peripheral. That's the thing with all these streaming services. People could be like steadily working and you would never know it because mm-hmm. nobody's watching these fucking shows. One, like one or two shows a year gets like enough word of mouth that oh, yeah. it becomes like part of the like cultural conversation. But for most part, like all of them have like three fans. Well, I'm liking that they're doing it more where they're releasing them. Weekly. Not a full season at a yeah. time, because you got too many people like myself where you watch an entire season in a day and then you're pissed off for the next 364 <laughs> until you see Looks that like commercial. Looks like she's going to do a Bonnie and Clyde st- type movie here coming out. Huh. Yeah, more power to her, but... I mean, I think she's, in the stuff that I've seen her in, Yeah, I think oh, yeah. she's good. She was, she was I definitely... I she's ever a dis- yeah. disappointment. She was definitely slated to be kind of that next... Dakota Fanning or um, what the fuck is her name from Little Miss Sunshine? Uh, Abigail Breslin. You know, she was going to be that cutesy, quirky, or cutesy, quirky kid that grows up to be an actress. Yeah, a full-on actress. Yeah, but has those standout, memorable roles while she was little. And then I, I, I think the problem with her was she started too soon, or she had too much of a big boom right from the beginning with kick ass and then it was oh shit what do we do now because how the hell do we do this every time yeah i don't know i'm like i said i got nothing against her but she's not gonna like i'm not gonna be like ooh, she's in the movie i'm gonna go see it she's not selling a movie for me yeah exactly she's on an episode but i don't know that anybody's really selling a movie for me these days unless it's a director or it's like oh because 
I don't I don't think that actors mean what they did back in the day. Where it's like, oh, I have this. This has Harrison Tom, Ford in Tom it. Tom Cruise is the it. only uh, is the only movie star left. For sure, and and unfortunately, the, they made a blunder with the last Mission Impossible movie, and it didn't do as well. I think it was released like a week before Oppenheimer or something, so it just yeah, so it cut its able, tail. It was only able to be in IMAX for one week. It also did that problem. They had that problem where all these two part movies keep happening. Even though I hate that new trend, I enjoyed. Don't put the, part one in your title. Plus, you actually have a better ending than the Spider-Man movie, yeah. which is a two-part movie. I'm tired of the two-part movie thing, looking at you too, Dune, but I understand that it's Dune, it's a big story. But the Mission Impossible movie was one of the... I had more fun seeing that in the theater than a lot of movies this year, but it's been a dog shit year for movies, so... Hopefully that'll change in the next uh, in the last couple months. I saw, to- uh, saw 10. I saw... Saw X. They were oh, able to say it okay. Like that. All right. The I was like, song. I don't know what he's talking no, about. I saw like, 10. saw 10? I was like, what movie is, <laughs> is this? It, is it, was that the 10th Mission Impossible? I didn't think it was. Yes. Yeah. I saw I saw the new Saw, and it was what You've I seen Saw. It to be. Yeah. I seen it. Yeah, it's pretty bad when I'm like, well. I saw, I seen the Saw, the Saw I seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bad year when I'm like, well, maybe the best movie I've seen. Barbie. Most, like, no, I didn't even like Barbie. The best movie I saw this year might have been the new Evil Dead movie, which is like pretty wild because it's just fine as far as like entertainment wise. But I did see Killers of the Flower Moon, five star masterpiece. <laughs> but that's like be- that's because I've been because it's, it's Marty. Is it better than The Irishman? Uh, yeah, yes, it has to be better. Yeah. And I like The Irishman more than a lot of people do, but I think I it was. I think Irishman it was about an hour into it. It's like yeah. I couldn't get over the. A lot of people couldn't. I'm more forgiving the, with that the, stuff. The de aging. Yeah. Like this just looks terrible. How is it nominated for all these things? Because it was everybody coming back together to do the uh, anti gangster movie. Give them acting nominations, but they <laughs> don't deserve a, a visual effects or any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I'm more forgiving of that stuff as long as, like, if a movie sticks its landing. And that's what I think of that Chloe. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> but. I think she'd want us to move on to some wrestling Absolutely. At this point. I oh, kept yeah. talking about how I don't like her face. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. Maybe it needs some visual yeah, effects. Her face is worth more than mine, that's for sure. Give her an acting nom. She's worth it. (laughs) So we get the WWF logo before a video package opens on highlights of the Heartbreak Kid with narration. What does it mean to be World Wrestling Federation Champion? What does it mean? For Shawn Michaels, it meant the world. The world. Now four men, consumed by their quest for the title, will battle. Battle. In times of desperation, these men aren't the role models. We once adored. No, they are not. More importantly, a cruel twist of fate gives them a chance for gold. These men will go to any extreme and willing to sacrifice it all to become champion. Champion! (laughs) We get the Final Four logo coming on the screen before Jim Ross welcomes us to the show, joined by Jerry the King Lawler. First time alone? This is the first pay-per-view without Vince McMahon... Since King of the Ring 94. Wow. It's been a minute. What did he have going on that he couldn't be there? He just decided that... (laughs) These guys got it. It was... uh, It's in your house. It was a busy, busy day, so he's like, I'll I'll hang out in Gorilla. He found his team. I bet he found something backstage to do. (laughs) 
JR says, we are guaranteed a new WWF champion tonight. With a king saying the Heartbreak Kid's adversity is an opportunity for someone else. Ross then introduces our Spanish and French announcers while our competitors come down the aisle for our first match. Leaf Cassidy versus Wildman Mark Marrow with Sable. I love Sable and Oakley's. It's very funny. Oh, yeah. Where she's fully embracing her head-to-toe black leather, yeah, leather whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Yeah, she looks like uh, and she should be in the Matrix. So the two men trade slaps to begin, but the wild man controls with arm drags and holds until Cassidy rolls out to regroup. Leaf trips up Marrow, dragging him to the ring post when Sable would get involved, distracting Cassidy, allowing the wild man to recover and leap off the apron with a double axe handle. Marrow rolls in Leaf before returning to the ring himself with a slingshot leg drop for a two count yelling at him to not mess with Sable, but Cassidy reverses a whip and delivers a dropkick to the wild man's knee. Now Lee focuses on the leg with kicks, stomps, and leg locks, occasionally yelling at Sable before returning to the leg, until Merrow rakes the eyes to slow the momentum and begins to fire up with right hands. Merrow getting a little healy. A little bit. He's got a manager. You know what that means. She's got shades. She's got shades. <laughs> She's throwing shade. <laughs> the wild man hits an enziguri, followed by a roll-up for a near fall, only for Cassidy to nail a shinbreaker and lock on a figure four to regain control. Marrow crawls his way to the ropes when Sable would push them towards him, allowing the wild man to grab him, causing the break. Leaf goes out to the floor to yell at Sable again, so she slaps him which allows Marrow to dive out onto Cassidy. Now back in the ring, the wild man with right hands and face plants before tossing Leaf into a turnbuckle, followed by a Samoan drop. Marrow then heads up top to deliver the wild thing for the pin and, and the win. win. Post-match, we see the wild man limping his way around as he celebrates with Sable as Lawler says to never hit a woman with glasses. Always use your fists. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice match. I mean, it's a lot of limb work. The baby worked from underneath the whole time, but was showing some new heel dynamics with Sable being out there with him. Not as high-flying a match as a normal Mark Merrow match, yeah. as it shouldn't have been since he was working from under. And it's really nice to see Al Snow get to work a non-hardcore match considering that's what we know him as and we've seen you know trickles of him just being a, a ringmaster and uh, that's kind of what made this match a real fun start oh yeah they've they've come a long way you know Al Snow went from being just a new rocker to being a guy that's now trusted to kick off the show and you know kind of get the crowd hyped up yeah. Sable's come a long way from her from crying, doing nothing to doing yeah. something. Current screaming and crying when mankind was just trying to talk to her, and now she's able to slap people that are yelling at her. So you know, she's 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 fine on herself. The honky tonk man then enters the arena with our commentators having no clue why he's there. I know why. So we can learn why Shawn Michaels is in here. Yep. 
And just like that... It's my assumption. So they keep the crowd entertained so they can sell what's up to the He's people gone. at home. And we haven't seen Honky Tonk Man since Halloween Havoc 94, episode 132. It's been a while. Wasn't he supposed to fight Johnny B. Bad? And then he... I think so. Yeah. And here they are again. Yeah. It's just, you know... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Giving each other a high five on the, on the, on the, as they pass in the night. Thanks. Jay- it's, it's Wayne, right? I'm you know, how, you know how, how I get those two men mixed up. Yeah. It's Wayne. Is it Wayne Ferris? There you okay. Go. There you go. I was like, yeah, because I don't, yeah. I didn't want to call him the wrong name. That's not Brutus I know. There is no, Ed Leslie is not in the building. I'm learning. I mean, I don't think so anyways. I don't want to give away any spoilers just yeah, in case yeah. he shows up. At least I know uh, Brutus' <laughs> real name now. JR then throws it to a video package of Shawn Michaels from Raw this past week. Oh, get your handkerchiefs, y'all. He's very emotional. Just give them to him. We'll be fine. Saying he may be on reconstructive knee surgery and he can't achieve his usual level. He can't perform. He continues that that he does nothing half-assed before speaking about the hectic schedule as a champion and that he tried doing too much. Sean says everyone's trying to be tough. He has no toughness, only sorrow, before handing the belt to President Gorilla Monsoon. Michaels then talks about the things he's lost, with the biggest being his smile. So he's going home to hopefully find that smile again. (sighs) Gorilla then announces the final four match will be for the vacant title. And just a side note here, two weeks later, Heartbreak Kid would then seek out a second opinion, and that doctor said he just needed rehab. Yeah, he. This is this knee thing is not real. So many, just so kind of many people thought that he just didn't want to lose the belt, basically, and so that they thought he faked the injury. That's the prevailing theory yes. to this day. That is what ninety nine percent of people believe. Correct. I mean, the person that he was supposed to lose it to is the one that believes it the most, and that is why we get. Lots of animosity between those two people. Later in the year, and for maybe, many, many maybe, maybe yeah, maybe yeah, <laughs> for the rest of their bitter lives. Yep, yeah. Nineteen ninety Shawn Michaels was a whole lot different than two thousands Shawn Michaels. Because once again, Shawn Michaels does not lose. I literally don't think he is yet to lose a belt in a match. Yeah. At this point. I mean, they didn't even give him the tag team belts when he won them. They just, yeah, nobody saw them. Him and, and Marty Jannetty as the Rockers win the tag belts. They were just disappeared from history. This is what happens when uh, you just so Sean when you when them. you leave uh, Hogan on top and give him free reign for ten years. No, people just... see and understand what they can and can't get away with. Say, Although Shawn Michaels, this is not as big of a star when you leave Vince on top. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon just wanted to bang Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Kevin Kelly's in the back with Psycho Sid, and Kevin tells us the winner of the main event will face Sid on Raw the next night. When Kelly starts talking about time, but Sid interrupts saying he doesn't like that word. Psycho Sid continues that time ran out for Shawn Michaels, and he's sad for him. But he didn't get his rematch, so now time 
has a different meaning. It's Sid's time and a new time for Monday Night Raw. Claiming the winner of the main event will pay the ultimate price, giving him back what is his as he is the man and the master and the ruler of the world. Sid, I mean, he's had such a glow up. This is a lot of promo, but it's all good. And he gives an explanation of the situation. Sid's a good... Sid is... I'm pro-Sid. I wish you could have held the belt for a little longer. <laughs> Honestly. I was having a good time. The crowd was cheering him. Unless those were piped in afterwards. Unless they fixed it on the fixed it on the network. But yeah, could be. there were Sid signs. People were into it. Take nah, out the music, nah. add in the cheers. <laughs> nah, Sid was over for a, a second. And they didn't... I didn't want to capitalize on it. We then go to our second match. Flash Funk, Bart Gunn, and Gold Dust with the Funkettes and Marlena versus the Nation of Domination of Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega with Clarence Mason and all the other guys that are in the Nation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the R-O-N, rest of the Nation. Yeah, I had to think about that. You got the rappers, you got the guys in the suits. Those guys. Maybe D'Lo. I don't don't think I saw him out there this time. So Savio had turned on Ahmed Johnson during a tag match versus the Nation to join, while Funk Gun and the Golden One all had been victims of attacks by the Nation of Domination in the previous weeks. So that's kind of... Why they're teaming up. All that's happening. So we had Goldust working on the face side. Ahmed just can't catch a break, can he? No. First he gets injured, now he's got Sabio turning on him. Um, they're really giving Flash the full-on <laughs> fucking intro, though. Like, got a couple of hotties doing lazy dances. And for those of you paying attention, Honky Tonk Man is no longer with us in the ring. <laughs> no. He, we saw him for, uh, for two and a half seconds as he walked out, and then we cut to Shawn Michaels. I'm pretty sure he went out there just to entertain the crowd. Flash Honk. So as Flash is making his entrance, I don't know if anyone else noticed the dot matrix sign oh, yeah. in the crowd. <laughs> WWF fears ECFNW. Yep. So it begins. Love a dot matrix sign. So Farouk grabs the mic, but Gold Dust jumps him, leading to everyone brawling. Until the nation rolls out to regroup, only for Funk to leap off the top turnbuckle with a crossbody out onto them. <sighs> And it's a hot start. Flash rolls the militant in, who gets face-planted by the Golden One, followed by Funk tagging in, only to be caught by Farouk with a spine buster. Vega enters the bout with a turnbuckle smash to Flash, but a reversed whip allows Funk to hit a clothesline and a super Frankensteiner for a two-count. It feels wrong that you say Funk and it's Flash Funk and not Terry Funk. I was thinking that exact same thing. This feels wrong, but I understand... I don't know what else you want to call him. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking you that exactly. I'm not telling you to you stop. I'm just saying that I was funk. like, I was like, Terry. <laughs> it's just you know that word is tied in my brain to <laughs> Terrence Funk. Flash continues with a drop kick to send Savio <laughs> out to the floor, where the nation looks to regroup once more, only for Gun to press slam Funk out onto them, but they catch him and beat him down on the outside. Now inside the ring, Vega continues the attack with a back body drop, Crush with a belly-to-belly suplex for a two-count, followed by Farouk working over the back, 
while calling Funk a southern black redneck. And the militant then <laughs> tries for a leaping splash to the back, only for Flash to roll over and get his knees up into Fruk's crotch. That was almost my nickname for the show, a, a Midwest white redneck. <laughs> I can't say that for counts for crotch. all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> the nation jumps in to nail a spike pile driver for a near fall to keep Funk from making a tag. They go for a double team clothesline, only for Flash to flip through and hit a double clothesline of his own. Funk then makes the crawl to the corner for the hot tag. Gun cleans house with left hands, clotheslines, and power slams until everyone is in the ring for a pier six. Farouk goes for the dominator on Bart, but he wiggles free out to the apron, allowing him to climb up the ropes and come off with a flying bulldog to the militant. He makes the cover, only for Crush to run in with a leg drop allowing Farouk to roll over on top for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Fucking crush. He's back. Yeah. He crushed Bart Gunn's dreams, hopes, ability to win. Yeah, I love that, yeah, Flash Funk was really ate everything in that damn match. And uh, Goldust didn't really get to do much, but I will say Bart Gunn has been pretty fun and crispy recently. Yeah, yeah, Bart's starting to find a little... It's not going to amount to a whole lot, no, but it feels good at the moment. It'll, it'll get him a, a big match moment, but... Yeah. Yeah, Bart's, Bart's starting to, you know, stand on his own two feet a little bit. Sorry, Dr. Death. Goldust is, I think, possibly on his way out. Who again? Goldust. Soon. I can't remember. Oh, when Seven happens? Yeah. I'm not sure. But I thought that was already happening. I don't remember yeah. when that happens. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird to see him. See, I thought that happened so little... shortly after six joined, so yeah. maybe his "I'm gonna leave" moment, because he didn't really have. Well, no, because he did make it a quick appearance in WCW at that time, and then it was just like done. Yeah, just to see him so little in this match, uh, and then also as a face, like he's stomping the apron, trying to get the crowd going and stuff, and it's like this feels weird, and I don't know exactly how or why, but I'm not against it. I'm pro Gold Dust. At all times. We go to the back. Doc Hendricks is there with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And Stone Cold stares at Doc like he wants to kill him. <laughs> While Hendricks says that Austin doesn't have any clear victories over any of the men in the final four match. But Stone Cold reminds Doc that he eliminated them all from the Rumble. 29 other pieces of trash. Which constitutes a clear victory in his eyes. As WWF doesn't have instant replay. So he won the Rumble. Austin then accuses the WWF office of using politics to hold him down before promising to win the main event. We then go to our third match. Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Rocky Maivia for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And we get footage from the previous Raw where Rocky kicked out of a pile driver and a superplex before rolling up Triple H for the pin to become champion. I know, they let him really kick out of some big boy shit. Mm-hmm. Catch him with the roll-up, it's a face win. So this was done because the original plan for that Raw was Sean was going to lose the big boy belt oh. to Sid. <laughs> and Vince didn't want to screw the fans out of a title change. So... 
I can't believe Hey Triple H Look what your <laughs> Click buddies are doing for you again I know Sid should have fucking Hit Shawn Michaels with his car And really fucked up his knee That's fucking so <laughs> shitty God damn it I fucking hate wrestling sometimes I get it But I don't get it I mean Yeah I was gonna say a shit heel is gonna be a shit heel, but Sean's technically kind of a face at the moment, so never mind. Yeah, but he's doing <laughs> when he's, he's good, he's good. All said and done, he's done nothing for the company in compa- compared to our upcoming Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Like when you when it comes to numbers, Shawn Michaels might be one of the greatest like entertainers in the ring, but he never on paper he's a blip, mm-hmm. and that's not. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just he sells. We're, we're doing. Ma- we're, we're going to do the whole facts thing. He sells those WrestleManias. Yeah. So it's a back and forth start with the two trading takedowns, holds, and slaps until Hunter tosses Maya over the ropes to the floor, followed by a baseball slide, a body slam, a diving elbow on the apron, a catapult into the bottom rope, turnbuckle smashes, a vertical suplex, and a knee drop. For a two count. It's a whole lot of shit. Triple H begins to wear down Rocky with chin locks using the ropes for leverage until the ref finally catches him. Hunter then nails a jumping knee, but Maivia would roll him up for the pin, and no! Triple H kicks out. And we are getting uh, Rocky a chance as he's getting beat down. So, oh yeah. You know, this is not die Rocky die yet. No. He is already over in the short amount of time that he has been... On television. He's already getting that big push. Hunter continues with a backbreaker and more chin locks until Rocky fires up to deliver a crossbody for a near fall. But he then misses a dropkick. And that's when the die Rocky die chants start coming when he does those things. <laughs> Triple H then tries for a knee drop, only for Maivia to move, but a rake of the eyes keeps Hunter in control, followed by a clothesline and headed up top for a double axe handle which Rocky catches him in the gut on his way down. Maivia with an atomic drop, right hands, and hard whips to corners, before hitting a power slam and heading up top for a crossbody that gets a two count. Rocky with mounted punches, but Triple H hot shots him across the turnbuckle, before making a cover with leverage for a near fall. I do love that he does the, the wind-up right, before the crossbody that he was doing very it was very uh he was going for snooker yes for sure gotta, he went did a little bit of a, a little bit of dusty and then went for snooker it was a fun combo gotta pay tribute to that other brown guy lineage <laughs> yeah Maivia ducks a clothesline to hit a DDT for a two count a very Naito looking DDT but a telegraphed back body drop allows Hunter to deliver a neck breaker Goldust and Marlena then make their way to the ring to distract Triple H, allowing Rocky to nail a bridging German suplex for the pin and and the the win. Post-match, Triple H is daring the Golden One to enter the ring. But when Goldust starts to climb, a muscular woman in the crowd grabs Marlena and begins to choke her. What the damn hell? Security finally separates them with the Golden One checking on Marlena, screaming for them to throw her in jail. Mm-mm. I do like that Goldust gave her mouth-to-mouth, very on-brand. Goldust got cheers as he came out as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is a good reason for him to be face. She gets attacked by 
I wonder by, who it could be. By a wonder of the world. There you I, go. I meant to rock my ninth wonder of the world t-shirt, but forgot forgot this was, this was even on the show. <laughs> we go to the back. Kevin Kelly is there with Vader and Paul Bearer. And the Mastodon begins addressing Stone Cold with, You've done that Canator gator butt. Get that canary mouth in trouble, brother. Is that really what he said? Wow. <laughs> yes. Canary butt. Vader then turns his attention to Brett by saying he doesn't think he's the best there is before telling Undertaker to rest in peace. Okay, so he's talking about Brett. Yeah. Canadian gator Mary no, he's addressing Stone Cold when he says that. Okay. He, you done he, let he, that Canadian... I thought he was talking about you done, you done let that let, Canadian... He, he's trying to say you done let that gator butt get that canary mouth in trouble. Is what he's trying to say. Yeah. But he, he says the canary part first and realizes it, so he so it ends up being canader. You think you think what happened here was like, okay, Jimmy C's not here for the Mastodon. You think he called up Jim Cornette and was like, hey, give me a good line. <laughs> this sounds like a Jim Cornette line that he would have said flawlessly and would have been funny and delivered uh, with a lot of energy, but Vader is not a promo guy. No, that's, yeah, no. So that, But that sounds like straight out of Cornette's mouth. That's why it's time, it's time, Even it's with Vader the done. time is really all he needs to yeah. say. <laughs> I don't see Vader as a southern <laughs> man saying done, you done got your, it's like, that's, that's all Jimmy C. Gator butt, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh. Bear chimes in that Mastodon has already destroyed the others. So you're looking at the new WWF champion before asking what time it is. It's, it's Vader, Vader time. time! Oh, Sid hates time, though. I mean, of course he does. <laughs> he just got screwed pretty bad. <laughs> time and time again. Time and time again. <laughs> so we go to our fourth match. Doug Furness. And Phil LaFon. Oh, hey there, boys. Versus Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Oh, hey there, bros. With Clarence Mason. And for the WWF Tag Team Championships. And the Slammies. And the Slammies, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off, Matt. I just like to like to remind everybody. Two time Slammy Award. Somebody right? holds on to time. His name is Owen Hart. I told you you were going to enjoy these Slammies. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> so we get footage from the Royal Rumble where Owen accidentally. Eliminated Davy Boy, mm-hmm. so there's still some little bit of issues between our tag champions. And Furnace and Hart started off with arm drags before Lafon tags in to be taken down by a monkey flip for a series of pin attempts between the two. Bulldog tags in with Phil asking for a handshake, but he's denied, only for Lafon to sunset flip Davy Boy into a two count. The two then fight over a vertical suplex, only for Phil to float over. So Bulldog runs the ropes right into a spinning heel kick from LaFond for a near fall. Phil runs the ropes now, with Owen kicking him from the apron, allowing the champs to double-team him in their corner. And Hart keeps up the attack with eye rakes, turnbuckle smashes, and a crossbody that LaFond uses the momentum to roll on top for a two-count. And Owen continues with a gut-wrench suplex and a backbreaker for a near fall before a double-team clothesline. Now Davy Boy tags in, but he telegraphs a back body drop. So Phil hits a sunset flip, only for Hart to distract the raft. So it's only a two count. But it's a visual pin. Bulldog with a clothesline to regain control, before Owen comes in to go for the sharpshooter. But LaFon just kicks him away. And Hart goes to work on the leg, 
before bringing Davy Boy back in for a stalling vertical suplex flying crossbody combo for a near fall. And there is some slight cheers for the Philip Lafon in the face in peril. It's not as much as we'd like to see, considering we're fans of these guys, but there's a little bit of something. Oh yeah, people are taking notice. Yeah, just not as many as we'd like. Hmm. Owen now telegraphs a back body drop, allowing Phil to roll him up, but the ref is distracted again. So Bulldog comes in to roll Hart on top, only for Furnace to roll Lafon back on top while the ref is removing Davy Boy from the ring for a two count. It's always a fun little spot in matches. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Owen starts yelling at Bulldog over the incident, allowing Phil to deliver a double noggin knocker. But a reversed whip sends the fawn to the ropes, where Davy Boy trips him up from the outside. And like, unfortunately, Doug, he's stomping on the mat. The crowd's not that receptive. Like I said, there's a little bit of cheering for the face, but these guys... These two aren't established enough just yet. Yeah, they're not as over as Rocky Maivia, that's for sure. And I was thinking, I was like, well... Is Doug hurt? Because it's all been Philip Lafon, but I mean, you gotta save him for the hot tag. You gotta whisper it before it happens. Bulldog runs in to hold Phil, while Hart goes for a spinning heel kick. But Lafon ducks, sending the champs crashing into each other. And Owen and Davy Boy start to shove and slap each other, until Bulldog just clotheslines his brother-in-law, allowing Ooh. Phil to leap off the top with a splash for the pin. And no, Davy Boy breaks it up. Furnace tags in to nail a drop kick and a belly-to-belly suplex to Hart, followed by a double-team back body drop for a two-count. Fireman's carry suplex by Lafon before a hurricanrana by Doug for a near fall, followed by a combo super kick clothesline DDT leg drop by the Challengers for the pin. And no, oh, Owen kicks out. I mean, that was a was beautiful, like spot of the night, inventive, simple, fluid, tag team shit done right. I was fucking, and it's believable. In a lot of times that when people do tandem stuff, it doesn't feel very yeah. believable. Yeah, you see uh, the, yeah. the choreography without actually yeah. just seeing it all, all the beauty happening uh-huh. in front of you. That spot definitely upped my heart right yes. a little bit. I was very uh, pleased. Hart floats over a suplex and hits an enziguri before making the crawl to the corner for the hot tag. How hot is it? Davy Boy with drop kicks and clotheslines to everyone until everyone is in the ring brawling. And the challengers run the champs into each other with Owen and Furnace fighting out to the floor while the fawn is hot-shotted on the turnbuckle. Bulldog has Phil up for the running power slam when Hart would make his way back to the ring to hit LaFawn across the back with his slammy, causing the disqualification. Thought he was hoping. Post-match, Davey yells at Owen for costing them the match, with Hart saying, It doesn't matter, we're, we're still champs. It's true. Bulldog says he had it won and throws the belts down in frustration before taking Hart's slammy and breaking it. Motherfucker. Luckily, remember, he's a two-time slammy. Award. I mean, well, he's yeah. Got another so one. he's got another one. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't anything, a little bit of glue camp. It's a prestigious award. They finally calm Davy Boy down and they make their way to the back. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a bummer that Doug and Phil aren't as over as we'd like, considering that they're really great talents. But good for them for not eating the pin. And WWF is trying with them, mm-hmm. which is cool. Just a bummer that these guys are capital like W wrestlers. There's not a whole lot of personality. The personality is all the move set. Yes. And uh, how serious they take it as opposed to like Davy Boy's bigger than life action figure superhero and Owen Hart is well one of the greatest heels of all time. Doc Hendricks is in a dark and smoky room with the Undertaker. And he asks if the dead man had rediscovered his edge, with the response being that he has, but not all of it. That the force that dominated the early nineties isn't far away. And that spells doom for everyone else. Taker promises to win the title by hook or by crooks. And if anyone gets in his way, he will annihilate them. Undertaker continues saying he still has issues with Vader. And he will get even. It's not a matter of when or how. But it will happen in a few minutes. So it does kind of sound like there is a win. Yeah, yeah. How about a, but where, would be the thing he should have said. Because it could be here, if you say where. It could be in a month. It could be next week on TV. The dead man then says, rest in peace, before turning the lights off by lowering his arms. I will say that I don't know, I don't think this is completely new, but the doling out of information on this show is remarkable in a noticeable way. It feels like, I don't know if there's there's a slight change in the way they're doing it or what, but it just feels even more comprehensive than WWF typically is, which they've it's always been one of the things they're better at than JCP, WCW ever was. But for some reason on this show, it felt like Closer to the modern storytelling as far as production goes. I don't know if you guys noticed that. But it was something that felt very noticeable to me. I mean, I think when they have something that they can focus on, they're much better. It might also be that, that there's like, everything has a story at the moment. And it's a story that isn't as simple as like, you fucked him over. It's like, there's, yeah... You need to say a few sentences about each situation, no matter how important they are in the fans' eyes. And this That's how also, you make it more important. This is also one of those few special shows where you don't have Vince on the mic, oftentimes saying the wrong thing or not knowing what to call something and calling it what a maneuver. He's actually back there doing what he ended up doing for a while where he was pumping information to the people that were on the camera so that could be something that we're feeling too yeah it could be that could be one of the differences is that he's back there producing the show instead of like kind of almost pulling double duty from behind the desk it's a really good point that i didn't think about i got one every now and then i mean (laughs) jr and lawler then recap the end of the rumble showing clips of the match with the king claiming Austin was never eliminated. I mean, the refs never saw it. It's true. I mean, at least the ones that were there. There's no instant replay rule, guys. That's right. So we go to our fifth match. Vader with Paul Bearer. It's time. Versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
versus The Undertaker versus Bret the Hitman Hart in a final four match for the WWF Championship. So this is an elimination match. No countouts or disqualifications. And you can eliminate someone by pin, submission, or by throwing them over the top rope. A little slight, slight rumble variation. So the Mastodon comes out first and fights the ring steps before Stone Cold comes out and just flips off Vader. <laughs> the dead man enters and raises the lights, leaving the Mastodon a bit startled. We then go to Kevin Kelly in the back with Brett. And Kevin asks him if anything can stop Hart from winning the title with a response of no. But the hitman takes nothing away from his opponents. They are all very tough. But he doesn't want any excuses, and whoever wins will rightfully be the champ before ending it with, may the best man win, me. That's kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. The camera then follows him through the curtain while he makes his way to the ring, which I thought that was a fun shot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, well, he's the last one out, and he just cut the promo last minute. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't it just... Usually that's like a Coliseum home video exclusive right there. It could have could have been due, but it felt it feel, <laughs> it gives it a bigger fight feel, uh-huh. as if this isn't a big fight feel with four of the biggest guys. A redo of the company. Rumble, man. Yep. Good angle. Just saying. So the rivals pair off to start with Taker delivering a leaping clothesline to Vader before Turnbuckle smashes to the Hitman, followed by Old School to Austin. And the crowd's finally alive. The Mastodon takes the Undertaker down with a belly-to-belly suplex before the two men fall through the ropes to fight on the floor. Vader slams the dead man's head into a railing before tossing Finkel out of his chair to use it. Boo. But Taker ducks the swing while Stone Cold whips Hart into the turnbuckles inside the ring. Chest first. The Mastodon with stiff shots before trying for another chair shot, only for the Undertaker to kick it into Vader's face, which busts him open. Yeah, yeah he's to... real bloody from that chair to the eye. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember, but that's the eye that Vader basically had to like oh, put whoa. back into his eye socket at one point. <laughs> Was it no, Stan Hansen that, uh, that, yeah. that uh, Larry did his eyeball, you know, out of his head? Which I don't even know how real it is, but it's a great story. Is it too soon to talk about Stan, Stan Hansen with you yet? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> That's why I didn't point it out. I just, I was just trying to get the, of making sure I had my facts mm, right. I'm busting chops, so <laughs> I'll throw it out there. <laughs> Back elbow by Austin to Brett for a two count. While the dead man runs the Mastodon into the still steps, the hitman responds with a backbreaker to Stone Cold before everyone returns to the ring where Vader delivers stiff shots to Taker, while Austin escapes a sleeper with a jawbreaker. Undertaker ducks a Mastodon clothesline and nails a choke slam, followed by Stone Cold hitting a bad looking stunner to yep. the dead man. I know. He catches like like an it's an unexpected Undertaker, so like yeah. he just isn't ready to sell it, but there's a lot going on here. Vader goes after Hart with an avalanche splash for a two count, followed by Taker taking it to Austin in a corner. The Mastodon's taken Brett out to the floor, where he grabs the chair to use, while Undertaker has telegraphed a back body drop 
allowing Stone Cold to hit a swinging neckbreaker. Vader with multiple shots across the back before returning to the ring, while Austin and the dead man brawl down the aisleway, where Stone Cold goes for a piledriver, only to counter into a back body drop onto the concrete. The hitman with a clothesline to the Mastodon to knock him out of the ring, but Taker's back in to suplex Hart for a near fall. Now Vader and Austin are brawling on the floor, with the Mastodon trying to use the ring steps as a weapon, only for Stone Cold to kick them away and slam Vader's head into them. And Austin drops the steel steps onto the Mastodon's head, which just seems to wake him up to throw those stiff shots, knocking Stone Cold down to the floor, all while the Undertaker is using chokes in the ring to get two counts. Such good stuff. I mean, everything's... There's nothing goofy on this show. No. Like, at all. And everything is just, like, outside of Undertaker not ready for that stunner. Like, everybody's pairing off in believable ways and, like, coming back together in believable ways. And this is, like, best possible four-person match so far. The hitman ducks a dead man clothesline and starts to work the leg while Vader drops Austin with a not-so-rubber-band slam across the railing. Stone Cold fights back to reverse a whip that sends the Bastodon crashing into the timekeeper's area, allowing Austin to use the title belt across the head, followed by Vader using the ring bell on Stone Cold. I know, when he pulled out the ring bell, I was like, damn, it's been a while since we got a ring bell angle. Taker with a clothesline to heart inside the ring, followed by the Mastodon dragging Brett out to the floor, while Austin climbs up to the top rope, only to be knocked down by the Undertaker, causing him to crotch himself. Now Vader takes the hitman all the way down the aisle to run him into the railing several times, before Hart reverses a whip that sends the Mastodon over into the crowd, with Brett following to continue to brawl. And they make their way back to ringside while the dead man works over Stone Cold inside the ring, getting him over the ropes, but Austin lands on the apron before climbing to the top to leap off with a clothesline for a near fall, all while Psycho Sid watches from the back. Psycho Cam! Vader puts a sharpshooter on the hitman out on the floor, Ooh. followed by Stone Cold also stopping him to help wear him down. Taker then joins the others on the floor to help Hart work over Austin, while the Mastodon has rolled into the ring, where he grabs Brett by the hair from behind. Stone Cold rolls back in to duck a clothesline from Vader, before returning off the ropes with a Thez press and punching at the bleeding eye. Ah, uh, the mat ground and pound, classic. But an avalanche splash takes Austin down, followed by Undertaker clotheslining and choking the Mastodon. And all four men are in the ring, where Vader hits a clothesline to the dead man, while the hitman delivers a pile driver to Stone Cold for a near fall. I mean, it's getting, it's getting hot in here, guys. The Mastodon climbs the ropes for a moonsault, but Taker moves in time, allowing him to fire up to take the fight back out to the floor, where he chokes Vader with a camera cable, only for the Mastodon to return the favor. And everyone's brawling away, when Hart hits a second rope elbow drop, he goes for an atomic drop, only for Austin to flip over and try for an O'Connor roll that gets a two count. 
Stone Cold with a turnbuckle smash when The Undertaker nails him from behind, leading to more brawling, where Brett goes low on the Mastodon while Austin wraps the dead man's legs around the ring post. Posted. Taker has Stone Cold over the ropes, but he's able to hold on to crawl back into the ring while Vader is working the arm of the hitman. An Undertaker tosses Austin over the ropes, but he's again able to hold on before turning his attention to the Mastodon with a short-arm clothesline for a near fall. And the big men are brawling with each other in one corner when Hart would dump Stone Cold over the ropes to be eliminated. (sighs) The crowd goes wild. Our first elimination. I know. I mean, he is the newest guy. And... I mean, he 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 won the rumble, so it's only it's only fitting that he's the first one to be eliminated. Yeah, and he can talk about it forever better than any of these guys can. So, give him feed the fire is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Smart move. Vader then clotheslines Brett and nails some stiff shots in the corner. When the dead man would attack from behind, whipping the mastodon to a corner and following in with a splash, the hitman starts going after Taker when Vader would chop blocking from behind, causing the Undertaker to roll out to the floor, where Bearer were clocking with the urn. And the Mastodon would hit an avalanche and a snap suplex to Hart, before climbing to the top rope, only for Brett to meet him there to nail a superplex. The Hitman locks on a sharpshooter, but the dead man breaks it up with a clothesline from behind. And I'm going to bring this up. It's an elimination match, guys. Mm-hmm. Why would you break up a, a pin or a submission hold? Yeah. You shouldn't. Yeah. The only yeah. argument is that, like, you the match has been going on for a while and you kind of are working on instinct. That's the best excuse. Yeah, it's supposed to be a fatal four, but instead they threw in that whole over-the-top rope elimination aspect to it. Well, I mean, they don't want to pin all... <laughs> Three, all three of these guys. Yeah. Three of the guys. Gotta save something for the next challenge. All of a sudden, Austin runs back out and attacks Brett, <laughs> with officials finally separating them, while the Mastodon climbs for a Vader bomb. But Taker rises and low blows him, sending him <sighs> over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated. Oh my god! Stone Cold jumps in the ring again to attack the Hitman. Until the Undertaker clotheslines Austin out of the ring. I mean, it's hot. The fucking crowd stomps so hard, the hard cam shakes visibly. <laughs> the dead man then chokeslams Hart, followed by a tombstone attempt. But Stone Cold runs back in to pull Brett down. So Taker confronts Austin on the apron with right hands. Until the hitman pulls Undertaker over with an O'Connor roll for a two count. Hart and the dead man both exchange strikes with Stone Cold to finally knock him down to the floor, followed by Brett clotheslining Taker over the ropes as well to be eliminated. Real 360. And new! Post-match, Undertaker chases Austin to the back. Pissed. Before turning to look at the ring with disappointment as the hitman celebrates in the ring. We could have had another Taker versus Taker at Mania. Sad. JR then sends us to a commercial for WrestleMania 13, 
where narration speaks about athletes performing on the ultimate stage. Emotions pour forth and dreams become reality. When you succeed at that level, they call you a legend, all with highlights of WrestleMania moments. Back in the arena, Hart continues to celebrate when Psycho Sid would make his way out. And he points at the belt and begins to argue with Brett as we fade to black. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of In Your House 13, Final Four? Good show. Mm -hmm. Good show, good wrestling. I am a huge fan of this main event. I think it was fucking great. There's no... It's a beautiful four-way. There's like no true cooperation spots. There's no big pauses for drama. It feels like four guys fighting for a purpose and doing what they have to do to make it happen. It's incredibly well laid out, in my opinion. And then it's a time where multi-man matches weren't common occurrence. And uh, this one was uh, really great and didn't feel like I'd get my shit in fest or there's like no cheap pop spots it felt like the what i would like to see as like the standard bearer and the thing that should be studied considering we get so many four-way matches like i got no complaints about this four-way i was uh so pleasantly surprised and engaged beginning to end like the tension truly rose as the match went on which is the whole purpose of wrestling. Yeah. So, you know. There was no... Good uh, show, great main event. No predictability, really, in the the main event. You know, each of them could have easily been the... Everybody felt viable. Yeah. yeah. And you don't see that very often today or even back then. Typically, when it comes down to a, a rumble ending, you've got one big guy and two mid-card or low-card guys if there's even a low-card guy still standing you know the last time we had that potential uh, i mean i guess the the brett and lex ending but that wasn't this level yeah well the thing is is like lex has been so hot and cold for like over a decade yeah and steve austin he's had some he hasn't had any big career moments he's just been a great hand yep and here he is coming in and whether you knew who he was before or not, he feels new. Oh, yeah. And, like, Lex never feels new. You got a little bit of everything here. You've got Old Reliable with Brett. You've got Taker. Wildfire with uh, Stone Cold. You've got Taker that's, you know, starting a new chapter in his dark side. And then you got Vader who he hasn't had the greatest run since he's been in there, but he's he's remained at the top the entire time. So it's, it's good he's to see him scary, back in yeah. there in the... In the championship run, instead of doing what he was doing with with Yoko and it's great to see the small difference between face and like this like this new taker without a manager all on his own. He moves faster, he speaks more, and like it feels like he's having fun. So he even has like a slightly fresh coat of paint on him, where he is like he's been a babyface for so long but he was still working the same way as he was when he was a heel. Mm-hmm. And now he is working with a little bit more movement. He doesn't, he's the dead man, but he doesn't feel like a dead man. He feels like he's working like a, like a stone, stone cold killer, no pun intended. Like, you know, like, like he means it, like he wants the belt. He's not, doesn't have the zombie effect at this point. 
I mean, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. The main event, it's fire. It's so good. Like, it's I'm a- pumped. I'm so pumped on it. The undercard, it works. It's good. Considering how much they actually had to change up mm-hmm. due to the Michaels injury. Because yeah. Vince, Vince making the decision to put Rocky over on that, like literally that Raw was yeah. the Thursday before. Yeah, no, so, like, he's had the belt for two and a half days. So literally, yeah, two and a half days earlier, yeah, I had that in my he makes the decision to put Rocky over Triple H in that match. So Goldust and Triple H were supposed to be the match for the IC title uh, on this on this card. Uh, also makes sense why Goldust didn't do as much in that match. It's like, all right, well, we didn't have a lot of time to put this together. Yeah, so, so that, yeah. that the six-man, which I thought was a fun match. It's good, yeah. I don't um, think there's anything... Bad on the show, and there's lots of good wrestling. Yeah, like solid, yeah, solid wrestling, absolutely. and planting from good wrestlers, planting more seeds yeah. along the way. Absolutely, everything feels like it means something, which is kind of all we want outside of good wrestling. But they kind of go hand in hand most of the time. So, with all of us in agreement about this main event and your word specifically of it being fire, are we adding it to a list? I'm okay, add it. I'm totally okay. The with chance that. of me ever adding another four-way to uh, like the be this excited about a four-way or wanting Absolutely. to like put it on a short list is so unreasonably low that like this has to be up there. Yes. I've never like I've never watched a four-way match that where I was never taken out of it. There's been plenty of impressive four-ways I've watched where cool things happened. But they felt a little too convenient. Yes. Nothing about this match comes off as convenient. It feels no. like a fight. No, no, nothing convenient. Nothing that felt overly staged or overly... Yeah. Um, Nobody lays out on the floor for an extended amount of time. Two guys go out on the floor and brawl, but, like, it makes sense. Yeah, they they're not like, okay, it's their time. time. And when they're outside of the ring, it's not a get-my-shit-fest-in on the inside of the ring. The guys are still just working yeah. as if it's a fight. Yep. Couldn't say enough good things about this match also a little bit of blood always heightens everything and this was some shoot blood and my god was vader eye vader's eye just oh yeah he looked he like was, hamburger meat he went he went full flare <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, one thing that i thought was very funny you guys remember vader in wcw mm-hmm. saw a lot of them you remember that anytime vader was in a wcw ring three minutes in the mask, mask off. falls off. In this one, it's like in the last third of the match, the mask finally comes off. He kept it on, even all bloody. You think that's a Vince thing? It's like, keep the mask on. He keep the mask kept on. it on to keep his eye in place. I mean, yeah, good point. But yeah, I just thought it was really funny because I feel like I've noticed he hasn't, he's kept the mask on in this latest yeah. run in WWF, but it was a big joke we kept making. And I didn't really dawn on me until this one, probably because his match came off at some point so it clicked in my brain it's like oh yeah we made so many jokes about it just falling off of his face three minutes into every wcw match cute detail good Where, where's the smart marks at all right fuck you i think it's time we spark it up so what are some of the best moments of this show obviously the main event i mean there was Lots of fun tidbits there, just in that match alone. It was done so smartly. God yeah. Let me, let me read this uh, combo real quick for okay. us all. Let's hear it. Super kick into a clothesline, into a DDT, into a leg drop. 
great. So good. And such like clean, crispy moves that just like level up. Come on. Love to see it. Um, Let me get some flowers to Bart Gun. Yeah, absolutely. Bart Gun looked really good in, in that trios match. Mm-hmm. See, I always had this. I just, I don't know. There was something about Bart that stood out. I thought he was going to make it as a singles, but he just didn't have that charismatic personality that made you want to yeah. cheer for him. He just had those farm boy good looks. There's a moment in the main event, which there's a lot of great moments in that, but there's one that I noticed that's very small, but adds to why it's like one of the things that's simple to do, but makes a match that much better, even if you don't track it. But there's a moment where uh, Bret Hart meets Vader at the top and uh, climbs to meet him for a superplex, and he gets it. But Vader never takes... He only has one foot on the higher rope. He never meets him all the way up there with both feet and then does the spot. He still looks like he's trying to fight it before taking it, and it's so small, but... It makes it, it stops the cooperation aspect of it from being an argument to why wrestling's fake or why I can't take it seriously or whatever. And it's just that little small thing where Vader only got the one foot up, kept the other one down because he was still trying to fight the move. Mm-hmm. But Brett hit him in the ribs and powered him over. He executed it excellently. Vader also has the benefit of being able to trust Bret Hart and being strong enough to be able to propel himself correctly for that spot or feel comfortable enough to do that but it just was a small thing that I noticed that added like kind of explains why this match worked so well for me what else I like best moments oops the slap from Sable was nice see her showing a little personality Sable having more to do yeah, more to do agency. Uh, agency. That's yeah. the word I was looking yeah. for. Thank you. Uh, having more agency in the match felt good. Yeah, absolutely. I think she did a good job. She doesn't have the bravado of like Sunny, but I think that she did a good job, especially for a guy who's not full heel at the moment. That yeah, and of course, Marlena getting choked out got me a little pumped up because. I mean, somebody's about to You're show up. You're into that kind of stuff, huh? I mean, not like that. <laughs> not like that. It just was exciting to know, as we are all familiar with the era that's coming up, it's fun to see key components of it trickle in as somebody who's never watched the product from yep. this far back and forward. Yep. So um, that's what I meant by exciting. You not that s- there was a woman being choked, Shane. <laughs> You had a uh, a sample of the future in that match with uh, Triple H and Rock or Rocky. I mean, he's got the flair. They're going to have quite the rivalry for several years to come, and it all, I guess, I started like on Triple, a whim. I always thought Triple H was the better opponent for Rocky than Stone Cold was. Oh yeah. Also, Triple H isn't isn't Stone Cold, whereas Rock and Stone Cold are both bigger than life characters. Triple H isn't a bigger than life character. No. He is maybe the best top mid carder of like the company. It's like I know he's uh, the guy at one point, but 
it's he doesn't have oh, yeah. he doesn't have that that he that was always extra just that itch factor masterful shithead heel yeah. that you know that, I don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. oh no he's just not the Rock but Stone Cold Steve Austin the Rock, most people are the Rock and Triple H they're the dynamic that the two of them had when they would flip flop between face and heel mm-hmm. and still carry on the rivalry you know when it's the two of them one-on-one when you've got the nation versus dx when you've got them going for the you know championship years down the line it's it's great to see that it all basically started on a whim because Shawn michaels either got hurt or didn't want to give up the belt or whatever the reasoning was and they have a great we got that here. first sample of it for free and not knowing that that was going to be the feud of the future yeah Absolutely. i mean like they have really great chemistry, and especially for a thrown together, thrown together thing. And uh, yeah, I'm always looking for those moments where it's like, oh, there's the movements that all the kids did on the playground. Like you can see them already, already there and edging in. Just like the way the Rock moves is oh, one yeah. of the reasons that I was waiting for him to do the little yeah. arms back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the reasons that he's one of the biggest wrestling stars of all time. Is that there's signature things about him, in the way he goes into things, and just body language. Yep. Speaking of signature things, one last best moment, the Thez press. Yeah. Oh, love to see a Thez press and into a ground, you know, a ground pound. Because I mean, I think that was like the one of the last things that we needed to get like full fledged Stone Cold because we hadn't really seen him do that yep. yet. So. Yeah, I guess we haven't now. He's he's given us the bottom line. He's given us because Stone Cold said so. But yeah, the the Fast Press officially, yep. The the Stone Cold era is upon right. us. How about most disappointing? The fuck was up with Honky? It was two seconds. I, I am. I it just it bugged me. I truly think they just needed the time to play the Shawn Michaels thing on. I get it, but why even show? Him? I mean, I'm not even gonna mention. Well, it. <laughs> I'm not gonna... I didn't have it queued up yet. I'm not going to spoil exactly what he's around for because he sticks around for yeah. a little bit. Okay. I know he's there. He's looking. Okay. He's going to become a manager, yeah. and he's uh, looking for a somebody to manage. Hot new prospect. To yeah, oh, and that's boy. why he's around. But yes, I think actually they went to a video package, so he's probably out there to. And they're like, we can cut some kind of. Promo we can do the honk. We can add the honky tonk to a raw or whatever and start building that at any time. It's no big deal. Yeah, because this Shawn Michaels thing is very. When they in came, Tennessee. Good point. Uh, I guess oh, that's true. yeah. There you go. When uh, when they came back from, you know, they showed him enter the ring, and then they went through the Shawn Michaels thing, and then they had the backstage interview with Sid and something with Brett, I think. Also, then they came back, and Flash Funk was taking the ring. I was confused because at first I thought it was Flash Funk taking on Honky Tonk Man, but then oh, yeah. Bart Gun comes out, and then Gold Dust, and I'm like, what the fuck do we have here? I didn't realize it was a six man match, so I was like, this is a weird. Honky Tonk Man managing the nation of domination. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man, God, yeah, it'd be tough. I mean, you know, Elvis uh, did play pole from Black Music, so <laughs> I did mention it during the main event. <laughs> it's kind of a funny bit, but it's an elimination match. Oh, and don't break up pins and submission holds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I understand that. Uh, just let him go. There's, that there's, there's, that's just a logic thing. Yeah, for sure. It always happens, though. Um, I know it does. It's weird. It's like, what are we doing? What else? It's, it's, uh, that muscle, muscle uh, memory. I don't really know. There's not a whole lot of disappointment. I wish Furnace and LaFon were more over, but this is the WWF, so I understand. I'm just glad that they 
are trying with them. That means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought they were going to make the switch. Because Owen and Davey Boy are in a... They're having issues. Yeah. Like, why would you not go ahead and do the title change here? And then they have the rematch at WrestleMania, and then the full breakup happens. Yeah. That feels like the story, like, what you should I was want. getting excited that they would win because of the drama between Davey Boy and Owen. It felt like maybe they had a chance to get the titles, so that did add to my enjoyment as somebody who has recently become a fan of uh, both of these men and seen them featured on WWF. I was like, it could it be, but no such luck. How about best performer of the night? That's tough. Hmm. Well, it's not Shawn Michaels. No. no. I mean, yeah, he performatively cried pretty well. I mean, yeah. His, Fucking dickhead. His, his emotional breakdown on Thursday, Raw Thursday was... I enjoyed it, even back then. I mean, back then you probably enjoyed heartfelt. it more mm-hmm. because yeah. you didn't have the... It was one of those, oh my god, he's actually leaving. Yeah, like, yeah. How? But now you know he was just a prick. Yep. But um, it, incredible acting. Like, honestly, deserves I a nomination. My smile. Yeah, deserves a nomination for those tears <laughs> in his eyes. Maybe he just took two only, two, one too many pills, <laughs> so his eyes watered. This is a tough one. I mean, I'm I kind of just want to give it to the the guys in the main event because they they made the show. It's hard everybody to everybody hit their cue. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think you got to give it to Austin. In my opinion. I mean, I know he was the first one eliminated, but him coming back out caused chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. And He's doing like finish. he is the. At this moment, he is the straw that stirs the drink in WWF. Yep. And he's been doing it consistently for a while now and continues to do it in a compelling manner. Where it's like people aren't, they're booing it, but they're not, it's not go away heat. Yeah. It's like they're angry at him, but they want to see him because yeah. he's so compelling. So he's, he's. I'm going to yell at you because I'm sick of you, but I miss you already, so come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got it. Leave Brett alone. Uh huh. Yeah, he's yeah. He's got everybody in the palm of his hand at the moment. How about most surprising? China or the the woman who, who? who is who? yet to be named the ninth wonder of the world? Who? Yes, the jailbird that or mus- possible that muscular woman. That, that yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a woman? Yeah. Tony Schiavone's wet dream. Yeah. There, there's the, <laughs> the announcers. Uh, do not help the situation on uh, being PC oh, on, on yeah, with her yeah. at all. No. And uh, I can guarantee you, they won't. No. <laughs> For all from, from no. uh, after they, she shows up and gets a name, it'll never go away. Oh, they will. It goes away. Does it? Oh, yeah. What, after she... <coughs> China's transformation. or Who? Yeah, her her transformation over over the next couple of years. It's... When she gets her jaw shaven... Down, and they start being nice. Yeah. <laughs> when Playboy says, "Here, let us oh, give you some money," man. they're gonna be really nice. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. The Sandman had captured the ECW Heavyweight Championship, but now in Radnor, Pennsylvania, on April third, nineteen ninety-three. He would face the previous champion, Don Morocco. The two competitors would fight in and out of the ring with neither gaining an advantage until Don would deliver a low blow. Sandman would escape a tombstone pile driver to connect with the clothesline, 
but would be tripped up by Paul E. Dangerously from the apron. Rockin' Rebel would then come down to help out Morocco, only for Sandman to nail a DDT, followed by the ref being taken out. This would allow the Sandman to lock on a sleeper, but Paul E. would get involved again with a cell phone shot, causing Don to fall on top of Sandman to become a two-time ECW heavyweight champion. Don Morocco would defend the belt over the next few months when a fellow legend would show up in ECW. Hmm. Oh, Don Morocco. Can you believe we've been watching ECW since 1993? Maybe even two. I believe it. No, it was 93. It was 93. Yeah, so yeah, that's it was, what I thought. But It was early uh, 93 yeah. when we started yeah. watching Also it. funny that Polly with a cell phone shot. That big, large cell phone. It's 93. I don't think they have them that big here in 97. It's just uh, it's just funny to see the... Flip phones, baby. Yeah. Maybe even flip... I mean, I had the Nokia brick, and that was like 2002 or something. So. Yeah, this is where you had... No, I guess the, the snake phones were still a couple years away. Yeah, they were. The Nokias. But yeah, that big 93, you know. Sanyo. Big, yeah, big chunky one that just gives you a brain tumor. Uh, the old Zach Morris phones. Yep. The good old days. Next week, we're going to Raw the very next night. Ooh. On February 17th, 1997. Wonder what could happen. Something's got to happen. After. We're watching it, guys. Stuff. I mean, we know that there's a championship match. So Very okay. true. There is. It's a possibility. <sighs> Never know what could, could happen. Yeah. Could they, do right, could they do right by Sid? Hopefully nobody loses their smile before it starts. I mean, Sid already lost his smile. Damn you, Sean. <laughs> Music from this week's show is Sports Open by Randall Thornton, Arden Hoffheins, and Tammy Cardone. And Bray Hart won our main event, so we play his theme music, Heart Attack by Jim Johnston. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, go out there, rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. Do as Michael says. Five stars or no stars. Come on, guys. You know it. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Well, next week we are going back to Tennessee. Um, if you've got any drink ideas, food ideas, if you've been to where Nashville, yep. that's where next uh, is. Yeah. yeah, no hot chicken. We yeah, know, we know about hot chicken. I think we've had every fucking hot chicken in Oklahoma City. Uh, I drove by a hot chicken truck today. <laughs> Cool. Maybe we haven't had that one. Yeah, that's fine. Um, we don't yeah, need it. If, you, if you've got any ideas for uh, this culinary adventure of ours, whether it be Nashville, if you know a specific wrestler's favorite drink or favorite food or favorite sandwich. Maybe you're a chat GPT person. Yeah, if you've ever sat next to them at Waffle House and you saw how they ordered their hash browns, let me know. Slide into our DMs. Hit us up on the old X. But yeah, we always need ideas for Philly because... My, my Philly list, my, my drink list that old Joe sent me a while back is dwindling down. So if you've got any ideas, slide into the DMs. Give us a shout out on the, uh, the X and uh, help me because I'm running out of ideas for some of these places. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to change his gimmick. But you can send those at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on X at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O. Next. We'll talk to you next week. Later.